Hello, everyone, and welcome to One for All, a weekly podcast where one married couple rewatches and reviews the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Tanner, and with me today is our other co host, Nancy. Now, we know it's pretty bad out there right now, <laughs> uh, so we're going to entertain you with hopefully a fun episode. Mm-hmm. I think it will be. We actually eased into this week's episode because it is pandemic anxiety all day, every day. Oh, yeah. All over the world. Super fun. Super fun. People worried about jobs and paychecks and rents and health insurance and all that good stuff. So we're going to go to a simpler time, an anime time. Mm-hmm. I think you know how our week has been. Well, again, they're they're listening to this three months in the future, so... My point is that you kind of summed it up. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, we don't need to go into details. The world is a bad place right now, and we were pleasantly surprised last week with current MHA to have a very nice song at the end, which was uplifting and good. Small good things in the world. Mm -hmm. But this week, we are going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 7, which is Victory or Defeat. I remember a bit about this episode. I remember the broad strokes of his battle Mm -hmm. with purple hair. Yeah, it's more of a psychic battle, basically, in the mind. So it's not as exciting as some of the other fights this season. But it's not bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. What's his name? Shinzo? Yeah. Yeah. Purple hair guy. Purple hair guy. The the battle against Shinzo. We're going to go watch that and we'll be right back and we'll give you the play-by-play. See you soon. Okay, and we're back. This episode is a normal episode length, mm-hmm. but actually like takes place over what feels like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> a, a lot happens in a very short amount of time. Yep. It's a classic anime problem. Mm-hmm. They're like, we have five minutes, and it's like an hour and 15 over many episodes kind of a problem. I felt it like it was a good episode, though. Like I said, not the most action-packed of all of the episodes but there was some good stuff here but yeah there were a lot of like flashbacks and stuff like that that kind of extends it out so to catch you up on where we were deku is fighting with shinzo in the first match of the third round yeah they we get sort of a recap to explain the rules which is they need to either knock someone out of bounds immobilize them or make them say make them say they give up and deku has been frozen in place and is mind controlled. Yep, he is mind controlled. That's where we left him at the end of the last episode. Mm-hmm. The recap, everyone is like, oh my god, why isn't he moving? Why is he drooling on himself? <laughs> and we actually get to see a lot of the reactions from people in the crowd, including Deku's friends, who are all very concerned over this. And then you have Bakugo, who's just staring at it very calculating way, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, we all know that Bakugo is always, like, paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's a jerk, but he's he's a talented jerk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's paying close attention, but everybody is kind of confused because nobody knows what Shinzo's power is. Except for the uh, teachers. Except for the teachers. Well, sometimes I feel like President Mike doesn't know. No, he's just there to have fun. But we do get a little explainer from Eraserhead, Eraserhead, where he flashes back actually to the entrance exams. And he talks about one of the flaws of the entrance exams. It's something like, it benefits people with physical attack powers. And people that don't have those type of powers, they can't really show their stuff including Shinzo. Yep. And he's actually really tough, but because of the way the exam is 
structured, he also applied to general studies, knowing that he wouldn't get into the hero course, even though he wanted to. Yeah, basically, the entrance exam, he calls it flawed, I think, during, during that... And I never really thought about that up until this moment, how it is. Yeah, they segue like right into the the quirk screen, mm-hmm. where they tell you what his quirk is, yeah. which is brainwashing. Yes. You answer a question when he talks to you. He can flip a switch in your brain to make you brainwashed, and you have to do what he says. So, like against real people, very practical, mm-hmm. very useful power. Against yeah. robots... That can't talk or and don't have brains. And don't have brains. No. Not so much. Not good. Yeah, we also get a quick note from Eraserhead about how, you know, when it comes to, like, just physical abilities, you know, no one used any quirks, that Deku would win in a fight, but unfortunately, <laughs> he's brainwashed. He's, unfortunately, he's brainwashed. His physical scores in the entrance, not the entrance exam, but, like, the presidential fitness test yep. were better than Shinzo's, despite the fact that they weren't great for the hero course overall. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, in a straight fight, Shinzo would just lose. Yep. Like, there's no real question. And that's not even to taking into account one for all. If he hit Shinzo with one for all, he'd just die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, that's just the thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. But he's under the mind controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Shinzo tells him to walk out of bounds. And he starts heading in that direction. Actually, ironically, towards where All Might happens to be standing. Yep, the gate where they met before the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great scene as he's walking there where All Might is like, You can't come Don't here! Come Don't come here! No, no! <laughs> it's a little bit of humor injected into a mm-hmm. tense situation. And we really almost get like five minutes of walking. Mm-hmm. Where Deku is just having internal monologue. Yep. Where he's like... Oh no, why am I walking this way? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't do this. This is very bad. But there are some interesting things that happen during this walk. Like we get a brief flashback to speaking with Ojiro before the match where we learn that, yes, he was brainwashed during the, cal- the cavalry battle. The cavalry battle, yeah. But during this battle, when he was jostled by another student, he was able to sort of snap out of it. So not only did he warn him, don't talk to the guy, which Deku did. But he also lets him know that if that, if, you know, you happen to be mind controlled, this is how you can get out of it. But Deku is standing in the middle of a battle arena surrounded by nothing. How is he going to shock himself out of it? Yeah, and he doesn't have a buddy. No, no buddies. He has no buddies to help him at the moment or to punch him Mm -hmm. or anything else. He's kind of having a panic. There's something we kind of glossed over in this when Shinzo tells him to leave Mm -hmm. the arena. Like, he kind of says, like, you'd never understand... Like, you have such a great quirk. Mm-hmm. Like, you were blessed with this great quirk. I have to chase my dream with what I've got, yeah. basically, which isn't great. And it it's sucky. And we'll touch on this a little more later, because Deku knows exactly how that feels. But mm-hmm. he can't really communicate that to Shinzo in any way. No. But from the outside, it looks like he has this All Might-like ability. So everyone probably thinks that, oh, wow, you're really great, but what, they don't know. What a great quirk to be born with, right? Yeah. <laughs> a physical enhancement ability. There's no physical deformity. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a regular, attractive kid with really great superpowers. Something to be envious of. I mean, some people are birds. Yeah, that's true. Not that there's anything wrong with being birds, kids. It's fine. As we continue this walk towards All Might, we get this really fascinating moment that is sort of touched on now, but is talked about in more depth later in the episode, where Deku looks to where All Might is standing, and he sees all these pairs of glowing eyes surrounding where All Might's standing. And then, all of a sudden, he feels 
one for all, the power, sort of charge up in him. (laughs) He he gets a rainbow intervention. Yes, a rainbow intervention. And there's this moment where we see him move his fingers and create air pressure, and that's enough to jostle him out of it. But he also reflects that, you know, he wasn't the one that moved his fingers. Who moved his fingers? Yep. This happens when he's right about to step outside. Oh, yeah. He's coming up to the line at the last possible moment. because To build suspense. Yes. <laughs> uh, but his fingers are broken. The pain has snapped him out of this. And everyone is like, oh, my, he stopped walking mm-hmm. uh, out. And there's like a couple moments of him just being like, okay, what happened? Mm -hmm. Like there's a a breakdown of, okay, what happened? How did I move my fingers? Oh, I can't talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. Gotta remember not to do that. He covers his mouth a bunch of times. Yes, which I think is funny. (laughs) that It takes him that much effort not to talk to him. And on the other side of the field, Shinzo has realized that he's made. Because his only real path to victory was to get Deku to walk out. And he's broken himself out somehow. Mm -hmm. And he's very confused because he shouldn't have been able to do this. This should have just been done. No one pushed him or anything like that. Like, it should be impossible. So he's like, I just have to get him to talk again. So he starts goading him. He starts goading him, talking about how you would never know what it's like to be stuck with, like, basically a subpar Mm -hmm. quirk quirk or any of this stuff. And poor Deku, he knows exactly. He he sympathizes so hard. But he can't talk. But he can't talk. He can't say anything to this guy. And so he just starts pushing him. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of like when Shinzo realizes, oh, he's trying to push me out of bounds. There's kind of a brief tussle between the two of them where he gets in like a good punch. But ultimately, just like Eraser had said, Deku is physically stronger and is able to throw Shinzo out of bounds. Yeah, Shinzo actually like ends up moving around a little bit to try and like use Deku's momentum Mm -hmm. against him and push him out. But Deku isn't having any of it, and he executes the Bakugo flip. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Just flips this guy over him and slams him into the ground out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And we actually get a Shinzo flashback from his middle school days. Three years ago. Yeah, everybody's like, "Your, your quirk is so cool. Please don't use mind control on me. Yeah, I think it's really a really interesting thing that he reflects to himself that everyone thinks my quirk is great, but they all think that it's like a villain's quirk which is not what he wants to do. He wants to be a hero. And I have to think of like in this world where people can do the, these amazing things, um, like so many people have these abilities, that the idea that someone could just completely take over you and take all those abilities away with, you know, just a word is pretty terrifying. And I feel like we see that reflected in his students and apparently everyone else he's ever met, according to this brief little flashback. I mean, it's the Charles Xavier argument. Yeah. You know, where... Charles Xavier spends his time like posing as a a friendly teacher Mm -hmm. and does not openly advertise that his powers allow him to basically override your brain and make you do whatever Whatever. he wants. But yeah, all of his friends are kind of terrified of him. Mm -hmm. And it's, think about this. It's not even activated by the fact that he just has to like reach out and do it. You have to like talk to him for it to happen. So there has to be a certain level of trust that you have with this person to talk to him on an everyday basis, knowing mm-hmm. that doing so may allow him to take complete and total advantage of you. Yeah, it must make it difficult to make friends. Yeah, absolutely. Poor poor Deku has to see this guy off the field, right? Mm-hmm. Deku's won. Everyone's like, good job, Deku. You've done great things. Yeah, again, we get the reactions from his classmates, and all of his friends are very relieved for him. And then you have Bakugo, who's pissed because he picked up on that move that Deku moves. Yeah, he has experienced the Bakugo flip. It's yep. named after him, basically. Yep. 
But as Shinzo is leaving the arena, he says, I wouldn't expect you to understand, but I have to try and obtain my dream regardless of what I'm given because basically the heart wants what the heart wants. Mm -hmm. Which again, is such a Deku thing to say. And we have kind of a nice moment where we see him walking out to the crowd and his fellow students from general studies are like, wow, you did amazing. Uh, And they're so supportive of him. And even some of the pro heroes that are standing there are like, you know, that would be a really useful quirk to have. Which makes you think like part of the point of the whole festival here is to show off and to maybe get some attention from some of these pro heroes. And he has succeeded here. Yeah, he has, he has managed to do that. People who do this work, like regularly, they recognize how useful mm-hmm. that ability is. Think about how many of these tussles with villains, even petty crime, must end in violence mm-hmm. and damage to like the surrounding area. Shinzo... His power allows him to non-violently end a conflict. If mm-hmm. they don't know what his power is, all they have to do is talk to him and it's exactly. done. Like he's arrested them and it's it's over. And he's really touched by this because he, he just really wants to be a hero. And it was a nice like little send-off mm-hmm. moment for him where I think since the beginning of this arc, you're almost led to feel like he is a villain yes like he's the way he is drawn or animated in this case and the little scene at the beginning of the season where he's like i'm gonna take your spot in the hero course which he references right here being like he's still aiming to be you know in the hero course to be a hero but he also tells deku don't lose yeah don't do anything unseemly yeah so even though we're given the impression initially that he's more villainous he's not necessarily that way he wants to be a hero just like Deku and everyone else he's just he's trying to do it with what he has been given Mm -hmm. even though it's not necessarily ideal just like Deku (laughs) just like Deku there's actually some a little bit of funnies in here Mm -hmm. where Deku gets mind controlled a couple times while talking to Shinzo on the way out yeah and Shinzo's (laughs) like normally people are way more careful when they talk to me Mm -hmm. it's played for laughs yeah and at this point you know he doesn't really mean any harm Everybody is pumped that Deku won. They're mm-hmm. like, uh, what is it Tenya says? Just as I expect, right at the last minute. Yep. <laughs> you know, but I think we go straight to Recovery Girl. Yeah, I mean, when he did activate One for All, he broke his fingers again. So he needs to get those healed up if he's going to continue on to the next match. She, she gives him her good healing kiss. Good kiss. And All Might is there as well. And he mentions the vision that he saw. I love this scene because All Might is like, oh, so scary. (laughs) And then he admits, okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. I actually saw it too early on. And it's a sign that you're getting a better handle on one for all. And these eyes we're led to believe are kind of, uh, I guess, a fragment of the previous owners of One for All. Yeah, I mean, One for All as a power is culminated by the people who have it. And like, I don't know, you want to call it an echo? Yeah. Is like left behind Mm -hmm. in the power. Uh, A part of them is there. I don't know if this is ever elaborated on more like in the manga. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been. Not not where we are in the show. Not where we're at in the show. But it's a really interesting idea. All Might does say that they're present but they don't actually have any power over Deku and Deku doesn't have any power over them. Which is really interesting when he felt like he wasn't the one that moved his fingers and who moved his fingers. So that's 
an interesting little bit of yeah, information. Deku, Deku says, that's not interesting. Um, <laughs> which I feel like the audience... No, was... I thought I, th- I thought this was the most interesting scene in the episode. <laughs> well, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. It's just Deku was expecting them to be some mystical force yeah. that did things and that didn't turn out to be the case. Which, here's an interesting question. Do you think that All Might is lying in this particular moment i mean he might and also he may have experienced things differently we've seen that deku has experienced the powers differently than all might may have experienced them so maybe things are different for deku there is a interesting point at the end of the scene where recovery girl said he saw you too like he saw all might's eyes too and i'm like boy if you wanted foreshadowing on the fact that all might's eventually gonna kick it yeah it's right right the fuck there and like this scene also makes me feel like okay if all might eventually dies which would be awful as a fan of the show but also from like a practical sort of thing like people watch this show for all might right it's just potentially a way of keeping him around if a fragment of him exists within deku is this a way of sort of keeping his presence in the show the force will be with you yeah pretty always. much the force this is totally guessing i'm probably completely wrong no but it, it definitely there's there is definitely an element of foreshadowing here mm-hmm. and he says good like yeah. he says good that that he's there and i really feel like he knows that's all that's going to be left of him at some point mm-hmm. you get that from the way that he says that line it's also really interesting from the concept that if this is ever elaborated on, mm-hmm. it could be very much like a last airbender situation mm-hmm. where Aang could talk to the past avatars yeah. at certain times mm-hmm. and under certain circumstances to gain their wisdom, which is neat. Again, a way to keep the All Might presence in the show without having All Might actually alive. Yep. And to but I also more. just don't want him to die. <laughs> I, I don't either. Yeah. Nobody wants Hero Dad yeah. to kick it. I just think it would be interesting. I'm so curious mm-hmm. about the previous holders mm-hmm. of one for all like even where we are now in season four we, we don't know that much about them we know obviously a lot about all might yep we know a, a little, little bit, bit about his predecessor, his predecessor which we won't talk about here and we know the the most minor about mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. person who had power Mm-hmm. Uh, and the circumstances that led to that power being passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody in the middle? Who knows who, who knows? <laughs> uh, we have no idea. But All Might is like, don't you have to go watch the next match so you can figure out who you're going to be battling? Which is true because it's Todoroki versus Sero and the winner of this match is going to be his next opponent. And let's be honest, we know who's going to win this one. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not even a question, right? We get a scene with Todoroki heading out to the match. Mm-hmm. And he runs into Big Papa Flame. Fucking Endeavor. Fucking Endeavor. And he's like, hey, yeah, go out there and win. You have an obligation. Yeah, he gives him sort of like a pep talk, or I'm not sure what is in his mind as a pep talk, where he's like, you're supposed to defeat All Might. You are a masterpiece or something like that. I think what's really interesting in this scene, the the big takeaway from this scene is he says, you're not like your other siblings. Yeah. Like you're a masterpiece, which Mm -hmm. leads you to believe that not only did this motherfucker like intentionally like eugenics breed Mm -hmm. a perfect hero, but he had several failed attempts, which is disgusting. Also, 
very dark. Do not like this guy. And we get this moment where Todoroki's like, I'm going to succeed here, but I'm going to do it only with mom's power, his mother's power, yeah. basically. And Endeavor's like, well, you're going to have to come up against the, uh, the limitations of that. It's not going to be enough. Which, he should not have said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Todoroki gets onto the field real mad. Oh god, he's pissed. <laughs> he's really angry, and Sarah's like, I don't really not think... Not cold and detached anymore. He is red-hot angry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a calm boy right now. No. Sarah is, like, stretching. He's like, yeah. I don't think I can beat you. Yeah, he's but like, I'm, I'm not going to win this one, but I'm going to try anyways. <laughs> uh, he actually opens with a great... Maneuver. He yeah. wraps Todoroki in tape and starts hurling him towards out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And good job, Sarah. There's a great what was a panel mm-hmm. in the manga with Todoroki looking straight at the camera, looking crazy. Yep. And he's like, "Sorry about this," mm-hmm. and just obliterates poor Sarah in a cone of cold, just a gigantic ice glacier that goes outside of the stadium. Yeah, pretty much. You see it almost hit. Deku and his fellow classmates who are in the fucking stands. And this is not a small stadium. Like, this is a huge display of his mother's power. Endeavor just talked about the limitations of that. And everyone in the audience is totally taken aback by this. Yeah, and important things to note here, right? Sarah is frozen and yep. immobilized yep. and immediately loses yeah, as a result. Move. But the second thing is that something happened here that we haven't seen before in the show. Mm -hmm. There is residual frost left over on Todoroki. Yes. Uh, We have never seen that happen in the show up to this point. And he actually walks up to poor Sarah, who is very cold. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. And it seems painful. We know from season one that if you're in there for too long, like, it'll kill you. He said that to the villains at the end of last season. And he apologizes to Sarah and he says, sorry, I got a little carried away. I was Mm -hmm. angry. Yeah. And starts thawing him out. Lets him go. To let him go. The audience feels so bad for poor Sarah, they start singing to him. Yeah, they say, uh, what do they say? Like, it's all right. It's all right or something like that. It's just sort of like very sympathetic. (laughs) Yeah, everybody feels really bad for him because not only was this not really a match. Mm, No. But it was overkill. Like, everyone in the audience is kind of freaked out. Yeah. (laughs) It's one thing to show your stuff, but this this is beyond that. Yeah, I mean, if you ever wanted to know the, like, extent or power of Todoroki, you fucking got it. Yeah. Like, right now. And, like, we as the audience know, like, later down the, the line, that this isn't even the extent of it. This is him doing halvesies. Mm-hmm. And we get a little, um, again, voiceover from Deku, where he talks about as Todoroki is thawing out the ice, that he looks sad, sad. while he does it. And that's where the episode ends. Yep. Episode Done. Done. Did you like this episode? Yeah, and actually I liked it more than I remembered. Like, I remembered mostly just this episode was the one where Deku walks across the stage, and which is admittedly not the most exciting things. But even though the actual fighting portion wasn't all that thrilling, there's a lot of good stuff going on around that. It gives you a, you know, a glimpse into what it's like to have a very different power set in this universe. We get a little more in the, would you call it the lore behind One for All? And we get to learn more about Todoroki. Yep, we, we get a lot in a very small package. Yeah. And I think that's very good. I also enjoyed the episode. All of, all of season two is so good. Mm-hmm. I think the most interesting thing with Shinzo 
Something they do really well with him is the don't judge a book by its cover mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. He is probably the most villainous character as the way he is presented mm-hmm. other than Bakugo. Yeah, as far and, as his character design, as, you mean? Yeah. I mean, he's always got the creepy smile all Yeah, the time. and he has those bags underneath his eyes, which I can relate to. Drawn that way doesn't make him look very good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And and by the end of it, we realize that he's genuinely a good person mm-hmm. trying his best in a bad situation. He just kind of looks like a corpse. Which is an interesting contrast to Bakugo yes. as, as a character. Uh, we get the don't judge a book by its cover. It might not be what you think. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of episodes, <laughs> we'll, we'll get a... a Wonderful counterpoint yeah. between the two. But yeah, all in all, it was a really good episode. Who gets the plus ultra character of the week this week? Mm, I guess it depends on if we're talking about the first half of the episode with Shinzo or the second half of the episode with Todoroki. I mean, it's one episode. That's true. Then I'll have to go with Todoroki because he literally went beyond the arena. I think I'm also going to give it to Todoroki. I, I think Deku's victory feels almost unearned mm-hmm. in this episode because of the way things went down mm-hmm. with uh, him breaking his fingers. Shinzo does not have necessarily a great showing no. this episode. Although he does manage to impress, you know, some of those pro heroes. Yeah, I, I agree. And everybody else was either a dick endeavor mm-hmm. uh, or just... Real weird, All Might. <laughs> uh, so, like, not a whole lot of people to, to pick there. Poor Saro did not have a good showing t- this time either. But he tried. He did try. I not- know. I got to give him credit for having, you know, a good attitude about it. Yeah, when you get that matchup, you got to be like, fuck. Fuck this. <laughs> but that's it for us this week. Uh, you can totally discuss the show with us on Twitter. I know that you're home right now. Everybody is basically home right now, mm-hmm. which means that while you don't have a commute, you do have time to interact with the show and listen to it. Please do that. While you're listening to this, maybe you're back at work. Get on that commute. Mm-hmm. But we're at one for all cast on Twitter. Nancy and I are also there as well. I'm at Mezzer Engine. And I'm at Watch Nancy Tweets. Additionally, if you love the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review over on I not iTunes. That doesn't exist anymore. No, uh, and you've made that mistake before. <laughs> I'm going to keep on making it yeah. uh, on Apple Podcasts or your uh, listening app of choice. I don't know if Spotify does reviews. I don't think they, that they do. But if you want to leave us one, that would be cool. It definitely helps us out a whole lot. Don't forget to check out Red and Black and Black and Blue by our wonderful host, Nancy O'Toole-Mazervier, on Amazon. It is available in both the prints and the ebooks. And maybe by the time this episode comes out, Silver and Gold will either be out or close to be out, because it's coming out on June 29th. Uh, let's let's think about that for Math. a minute. Math. That's hard. <laughs> uh, episode 11 is going to go up tomorrow. Uh-huh. So... Uh, we have 14 because we have 13 episodes of season one mm-hmm. and the wrap up mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, there's a wrap up episode. You've already listened to it. Yes. Are we going to keep all this mental math in? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it might be out. It might be out. But so basically, if you'd like, it is past June 29th. When you are listening to this, you might be able to read the third book in the Red and Black series, which was a lot of fun to write. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be great. We always look forward to release season, and hopefully it'll give you something to read if you are still trapped in your home, Mm -hmm. Uh, which hopefully, hopefully it is not. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're not. Hopefully everyone is back to work and nobody is sick. We're really hoping for that. Oh, yeah. But I want to take a moment to thank you all for listening. We hope that this show provides you a little bit 
of laughs and happiness in a dark time. And we want to thank Richard DaCosta for making our opening and ending credits. They're great. Uh, they definitely give some flair mm -hmm. to the show. And we appreciate it so much. And, of course, my wife. Me. Nancy. For continuing to just put up with my shenanigans while we record this, like, doing that. Uh, throughout the, the whole goddamn episode. I have episode. to edit this one. <laughs> but we will see you next time as we dive into Season 2, Episode 8. Battle on, challengers. We'll see you then. See you then.